and welcome to Enter the Glory Zone with me, Dr. Edith Davis, on 94.1 FM, Wave 94. Well, everyone, I have a very, very special treat for you today. I had the, the privilege and the honor of meeting Mr. Ernie, is it Andrus? Yeah, Andrus. Andrus. Ernie Andrus, who is a World War II vet who ran in when he was 93 years old. Is that correct? I finished one day after my 93rd birthday. One day on his 93rd birthday, he ran from coast to coast. That means from the East Coast to the West Coast. Or from the other the, way. The other way, from the West Coast to the East Coast. Of the United States of America. And now he is now 95 years old and he's doing it again. And he happens to be in the Tallahassee area. And so I just, I think that this is an awesome thing that he's doing. Um, he broke the world record of the oldest person to run coast to coast. Um, he is um, doing it again, um, and he's doing this for World War II veterans. He um, was a part of D-Day. and um, who, I wasn't at D-Day. He wasn't at D-Day. Where, I were, was at D-Day on Saipan while they, they were having D-Day on Normandy. Oh, good. Oh, thank you, Lord. He went at Normandy. That was, everybody knows that was horrific um, experience, and the very few um, survivors from that actually hit that beach that day. So, um, but I'm going to let him tell his story because he knows his story better than I do, as you can see. And then we're going to have some questions. So if you could open up and tell the audience a little bit about yourself, a little bit about what inspired you to do this awesome thing and um, why, you're, why you're inspired to do it again. Well, my name is Ernie Andrus. Uh, uh, I like to run, and uh, I was uh, in my town, hometown at the time was uh, Prescott, Arizona, and there was a fella ran uh, through Prescott, stayed overnight with a friend of mine, and said he was running. He was from Great Britain. He was running across every country. And that just sounded like something fun to do. Uh, I was retired, and I thought, gee, I think I'll do that. And when I did my first 200-mile Ragnar relay, I was 88 years old. I got so much attention, uh, people wanting autographs and pictures, that I thought, if an 88-year-old man gets this much attention, what about a 90-year-old running coast to coast? So I thought, I'm going to do it. And I had about two years to prepare, so I sat down and started making my preparations. And so I could start when I was 90. And uh, so I did. I just went down and uh, I tried. I started on uh, uh, October the 7th of 2013. Uh, I picked that date, so hoping I could get across the desert before it got too hot. And... Uh, I just kept running and figuring out all my uh, runs. I, I thought, well, if I can raise some money, I'll, I maybe can I get our ship back to Normandy for a D-Day memorial? Because oh. we found this ship over on the Isle of Crete. Some of my shipmates, and, uh, 
And uh, well, some of them went over to check it out because we feel, see if we could get it. And the Greek government or the admiral over there, he said, they'd, so he says, we're just scrapping them now. He says, and uh, you guys gave them to us. We'll give it back to you. Just get your permission from the United States. So we spent three years fighting our own government. When we finally got permission, we went over and got the ship. Spent about four months putting it all back together and making it seaworthy. And then we brought it across the Atlantic right into Mobile, Alabama. Uh, they didn't want to let us go. They tried to did everything to stop us, even though we had an act of Congress and we had Clinton had signed it. And the uh, State Department was afraid we'd all die out there and tried to stop us. We just sailed as a pirate ship. <laughs> and we... We didn't know who's going to let us in here in the United States, but we got a hold of uh, somebody in uh, Mobile, Alabama, and uh, he said, you old guys are welcome. So we went into Mobile. Awesome. When we left Greece, we were called crazy old men. When we got into Mobile, we were heroes. You can see this on the History Channel documentary. It's it's on the YouTube. It's called uh, Return of LST-325. Uh, so... When I decided to do this run, I was going to do the run for the fun of it, for the adventure. And then when I saw all the attention I was getting, I thought maybe I could raise enough money to take this ship back to Normandy. That's just a dream, hoping to get it back over to Normandy for a memorial service. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've raised a few thousand, but it's not anywhere near enough to get the ship over there, so I'm still trying. Okay. Uh, the first run, run across, I raised about 30000 sent it all to the ship, and they just spent it, put it in dry dock, and mm-hmm. keeping it seaworthy. Uh, so I'm the, I don't have much hope of raising that much money, but I'm still trying, and I'm having fun doing it. Okay. Well, guess what? Get your hopes up. Right? Right. Because if you get your hopes up, you get what you hope for. Yeah, well, everybody keeps telling me, do you think Do you think you can do this? I've been told that about a lot of things. And uh, I always say, well, I don't know if I can or not, but the Lord can. And if he wants me to, I will. Awesome. 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 So you're now doing it from... The East Coast or the West Coast this time? That is correct. I don't have to plan my route because I've got it already planned and recorded. I'm just doing it in reverse. I'm on memory lane meeting all the thousands of friends I made across the Mm -hmm. the other trip and making new ones this time. Now, so you are going to run back to the West Coast and and what's going to happen when you get there? You're going to go to, is it an island or... No, I'm just going to run into uh, Mission Beach, San Diego. That's okay. where I started my other run when okay. I went the other direction. Okay. And uh, to see how much money we raised, I, I, uh, a lawyer told me that it wasn't advisable to try to get a nonprofit for myself I was so I could hold the money because the ship is nonprofit, Ship okay. Memorial. Gotcha. And uh, they said they couldn't hold the money. If I was, as I sent it in, they're going to spend it to keep the ship seaworthy. Okay. And... Uh, I'm just hoping somebody will come up with enough money to help us fulfill the dream. So at the end of this, you will tell people if they are interested in fulfilling this dream of getting this ship back to Normandy for the D-Day Memorial service uh, service for the ship, you're going to give directions on how they can send money. Right, to, right to now, the- I have a uh, website called coast2coastruns.com. 
And uh, if you go on there, it shows you you can either donate to the ship or you can sponsor me for my run. Okay. Also may have some shirts and some books. I wrote an autobiography. They're all available on the website. Well, you don't look like you're 95 years old. And you definitely don't act like you're 95 years old. No, What's I, going on with this? I've just had a, a broadcast with my, my, my eldest uncle who just turned 95. And he didn't have a single wrinkle in his face. Healthy, wealthy, and wise. Man. That's a nice thing. Well, I don't think I'm healthy, too healthy, and I'm not wealthy. <laughs> I don't know, and I don't know about the being wise. <laughs> so, as you run across the country, I know that you're getting some inspirational thoughts or something that, or that you want to share with our audience, because this is such an awesome thing you're doing, and I know that this was a divine meeting, you and I, and I wanted to know if you had anything, any words of wisdom, any insights, understanding, knowledge, anything that you want to share with our listening audience today. Well, uh, the one thing that thrills me is the thousands of people that I've had come on Facebook and tell me that they have been inspired to get out and start getting some exercise. Because wow. I tell people... That, no matter how old you are, as long as you can still move, I do something. You know, if you like to walk, walk, run, swim, bicycle, whatever you like to do, do it. Well, you definitely inspire me because as I was um, um, talking with you and thinking about what you're doing, I was saying, Lord, look at this man. He's running across the country, and I want to just get to the car from Walmart. <laughs> well, my walking uh, is not too easy uh, I can't walk very very far mm. uh, without grabbing and holding onto something mm. but once I get my running pace which is uh, equal to a slow walk but it is my running pace mm. then I can just seem to keep going mm -hmm. that's probably because that's what I've done all my life and then probably keeping you going too right yeah yeah so tell me a little bit about you and your life and and um, this journey that you've had, and well, I was born in Kansas. Uh, it, my book tells about it. If you want to pick up my autobiography, it's called uh, "Bare Feet to Running Shoes." Okay, and how much is how much is your book? Well, uh, my they're selling it on, on the. Uh, a website for twenty dollars. Mm -hmm. I have them with me, and the people that make donations to me, I give them a book if they want it. Okay, autobiography for them. Okay, same I, thing I with shirts. I definitely want one before you leave. But go on. Well, uh, when I was uh, fourteen years old, uh, I had an older brother that had cancer, and when he died, he said to my mother, um, "You, you, you, nothing to stop you from going to California now." So. He was just 15 years old, just after his 15th birthday when he passed. Mm. So we just headed for California, and boy, I liked it so well getting away from that cold that I never left California until I retired. When I retired, I retired in Prescott, Arizona, and uh, kept both homes so that I was on a perpetual vacation back and forth. Mm -hmm. was very good because I've outlived three wives, and for my second wife, this was really good for her because we were able to do all this together. Wow, wow! Thinking about getting married again? Yeah, and I was uh, I was in uh, Los Angeles, uh, cruising the streets of Los Angeles, 
in my little Model A Roadster one Sunday and uh, with a buddy of mine. We were just trying to pick up chicks. <laughs> and uh, and uh, the radio came on and said, Pearl Harbor just been bombed. And so I looked at my buddy, and I said, where is Pearl Harbor? He said, I don't know, but I think we're at war. Let's go join the Navy. Oh, wow. So that's exactly what we did. Oh, my gosh. And and so your whole life, is you were a career person in the, in the military, I'm No, I, I signed up for the duration of six months, mm-hmm. and that's just what I served. Six months after the war was over, I got discharged. Okay. Uh, they offered you $50 to ship over but a lot of guys thought we shipped over to get the fifty dollars but i thought well to sign up for another four years i wasn't so sure i wanted that i was i loved the navy but i was tired of that authority over me and i was uh, i was tired of war Mm. yeah war is not a pretty thing yeah. So what did you do for a living once you... Well, when I got out of the service, the first thing I did was sign up with uh, UCLA on the... Uh, that was for um, GI on the GI Bill. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> then I started raising a family. So I dropped out of college. And uh, I went to thrifty drugstores there in Los Angeles uh, and uh, on a, on an on the job training program sponsored by the government, okay, and because they were the fastest building gr- drug chain in the world at that time, mm-hmm. and they had this deal with the government uh, to train managers, okay. So I trained as a manager until I decided I was never go- they were never going to be-, be able to build that many stores. So I took over the pricing department for a while for a few years with the thrifty drug stores, and until one of my competitors offered me something better, and I stayed and managed his drugstores until I finally decided grocery paid better, so I went to drug grocery store management, and that's how I retired. Okay, what grocery store did you work with? I it was I was called, I started out with Boys Markets, and they're out, I think they're out of business now, and I went a couple others, and then I wound up with uh, Thrifty Mart. Okay. Uh, Thrifty Mart, no relation to Thrifty Drugstores, but they were... Uh, they had a nice little chain, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, when the old man died, the kids, they run it in the ground, so when it was going broke, Safeway Markets bought them out. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to work for Safeway because they, they were, what they're all doing now, they were cutting back only, putting everybody on part-time and mm-hmm. trying to cut back on the benefits, and I just decided to retire instead. Okay. So I retired, took an early retirement. Uh when I was the year I retired, uh, the Olympics came to Los Angeles, and so I thought this is going to be fun. I'm going to go see what I can do. So I I ran uh, uh, the Olympic torchbearer run in Huntington Beach, California, and it was a 10k, just raising money to to sponsor the the. Uh, Torchbearers. Okay. And that was so much fun. I just started running everything that came along because I was retired then and I could do it. Mm-hmm. Did you have any children? I, I had, uh, I've outlived three wives. So I had uh, three children, my first wife. Uh, then uh, my second wife uh, had three girls the same age as my three girls. So we had the six girls. And then late in life, we had another little girl. So that gives us seven. 
Then along comes a boy. Wow, finally that Y chromosome yeah, kicked in, my, huh? My wife had talked me into slowing down, and I should have never done it because when that boy came along and there was so much energy there, I had to get back to running <laughs> just to keep up with that kid. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So how, where are your children now? Uh, they're everywhere. Okay. Uh, I, I had, and my third wife had a few children, so I adopted I didn't adopt any. They became my stepchildren, but mm-hmm. they were all grandparents by then. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. They still call me dad. That's <laughs> awesome. This is such a wonderful life. What do you think the secret to your longevity, the the, the fullness of your life, um, three Wonderful marriages, it sounds like. Joy, well, the first one joy. wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> I finally had to divorce her. But, oh, okay. Uh, but the second one was made in heaven. Mm. And that third one was the best marriage, I, best wife I ever had because we, we were both retired and we could do everything together. Mm-hmm. So I said the 80s were the best years of my life. Wow. The 90s are turning out, I think, even better. Mm-hmm. Except I do miss her. <laughs> oh, okay. She uh, she passed away. I was just one and one and a half months into my run across the country the first time mm-hmm. when she had a stroke, and I went and held her hand for about a week till she quit breathing. Okay, all right. So, any more tips, words of wisdom, exercise? I hear that. Anything that exercise else? is uh, is the main thing I tell people, and. Uh, I main with the, to support the ship. I, I, I main thing I want people to understand, especially the younger generations, that freedom is not free. No, it's not. And that's why I think it's important to keep that ship. And it's the only one left out of one thousand and fifty-one that were built in World War Two. Wow. It's the only one left that is operational, and it's fully restored. And uh, we just want to let, let people know what it took to win the war. Uh, and uh, they can re- young people got to realize that it isn't going to stop. Wars are going to continue right up through the final days. Mm-hmm. When you were saying freedom is not free, it made me think of, of course, Christ Jesus. And it made me think about salvation and how, you know, God gave his only begotten son. And it's a free gift. I mean, it's free, but it came at a very high price. It took all the blood of his one and only begotten son, Christ Jesus. Well, we have your caregiver here, and I know I'm not gonna no, I'm not gonna put him on the spot, but I just want you to say hello. Is that okay? That's fine. Hello. And tell him your name. I'm sorry. That's quite all right. My name's John. John Martin. Now, the first time you ran across the country, from my understanding, you did this solo, right? Yeah, I did everything on my own. A lot of people joined in with me along the way, and I had a lot of support. Uh, The American people are the most loving and generous people in the world. Wow, man. But then this gentleman um, came into your life, and so... He's been kind of making things a little bit easier for you, I guess. Yeah, when he found out about me, uh, he was in California and I was in Louisiana, so he flew down and did a run with me. Oh. And then he uh, he was at the finish when I finished, and that was a big event. He arranged a lot of it. He contacted people, and about 2,000 people showed up there on that little island. That's St. Simon Island, Georgia. Uh-huh. 
they uh, some uh, politician who was giving me a ride around and showing me the sights told me that I drew the biggest crowd ever drawn on that island. He says the president and the rock stars never drew that big of a crowd. Wow, that's a testimony. Yeah. But I love the South. The Southern people are, um, they mo- most of the Southern people I've met love the Lord. Mm-hmm. And uh, that uh, and that's a blessing to me, to meet all these people. And uh, Southerners are the most patriotic in the United States, I think. Wow, that's awesome. You see a lot more flags flying in, in the South than you see anywhere else. Mm. Well, I, that's nice to know because I wouldn't know that. I haven't run across the United States of America. I used to believe it or not, when I was younger, I actually did cross-country running, and I used to run on the beach for training. Now I can barely walk across the beach, so I'm going to have to have restoration. But beach, of course, beach running is the toughest because you don't have that. Yeah, I tried it in Jamaica, and I gave it up after about the first two miles. (laughs) Yeah, the beach is tough. And I didn't realize how strenuous it was until I tried to do it later in life. But I guess as a teenager in high school, yeah. you never really notice. <laughs> well, when I first went to California from Kansas and got out there on the desert, uh, I, did, I, I just felt like a run. And whenever I got on the desert, I feel like, I, I still do. I feel, just feel like running when I get out there. It's a dry heat, I guess. It just makes you feel good. And I ran in the sand. Now I avoid the sand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get on the pavement. <laughs> yeah, it's a muscle. Those muscles have to really pull hard when you're on the sand. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about your relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, uh, I always more or less believed uh, when my older brother accepted Christ, I said, no, I'm not ready yet. I said, I liked the way I was living. I didn't want to have to feel like I had to change change my ways <laughs> because I was pretty young. You know, I was 10, 10 years old at the time. <laughs> and uh, I was glad that he accepted the Lord because he only lived to be 15 when he died from cancer. Was it leukemia? Uh, no, he had uh, sarcoma on his elbow, a tumor, and then he, they tried everything. In those days, it was incurable. Uh, they amputated his arms and didn't help. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what was I getting at there when you asked? Maybe you were telling me about your relationship with Jesus Christ and how, okay. at ten years old, you didn't want to change well, your ways. Well, when I got, uh, I was going into Saipan, and uh, we sat up all night going into the beach there and talking. I was there was four of us talking. Uh, one of them was an atheist from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them claimed to be a Christian, and the other one was uh, was studying to be a priest. And so we had quite a discussion. And the guy that seemed to make the more sense, seemed to be the, he didn't make the most sense he, because he didn't believe in God. And I, how could you not believe in God? But uh, he seemed to be the most intelligent. Mm-hmm. And so I became more or less an agnostic. I uh, sort of blamed God for what was happening out there. And, you know, and uh, uh, when I was uh, in my late 30s, and uh, b- between marriages, I uh, met my second wife, and she was a Christian. And uh, uh, she got me going to the Church of the Open Door with J. Vernon McGee. 
Oh, Jay Vernon McGee. I know, Jay Vernon McGee. I still listen to his broadcast. Oh, yeah. You know, I saw him just before. He, the last time I saw him was just before he died. Mm-hmm. I've recept, I accepted Christ in his office there in downtown Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just started his radio ministry yeah. through, through the Bible in five years. I went through it with him in the church, the open door on Thursday nights. And he was so convincing that on my 39th birthday, I accepted Christ in his office. And uh, I said, told my wife, I said, the Lord knows I got a poor memory. This way, I'm born again on my birthday. I'll never forget. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the marriage that you said was a marriage made in heaven, right? Oh, one, yeah, yeah, definitely. This was, this was a made in heaven. It and was, so she made sure you I, got to heaven, huh? In fact, we even, we even went over and got baptized in the Jordan River. <laughs> wow. Of course, we've been baptized already, but we did it again. Oh, wow. What a place to The go. first time I went to is took her to Israel. Uh, we went with the pastor, and we, he was a Baptist, and his name was John. Oh, my goodness. And so he was baptizing in the Jordan River. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So you got baptized? No, I didn't that time. We oh. waited. She said, didn't want to get her hair wet. Oh. So I said, next time we go, we'll do it. So next time we did. So you didn't get baptized by John the Baptist? No, I got baptized by David the Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> David. <laughs> Oh, but that's that, awesome. There was a couple there from Germany that heard what we were doing and heard his name was John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. And they thought it was an omen when they had to get down and get baptized. Oh, yeah. I think if I was there, I would have had John the Baptist baptized me, yeah. too. <laughs> so you came to Christ through the influence of your wife, the heavenly Definitely, uh She told she was always witnessing to me, and uh, I didn't believe her. And I told her I was going to prove she was wrong, mm. and so I says I'll go ahead. I'll go through that five years, and see. I said uh, I picked one verse: "Seek and you will find." And it says I was definitely seek because I hope you're right, but I don't believe you are. <laughs> and I says if I find, then I I decide you're right. If if I don't find, then you're wrong. It's just a book, you know. Well, uh, listen to Jay Vernon McGee. He's pretty convincing. He's pretty powerful. Now, he was a, a wonderful teacher. Yes. He didn't. He always said he wasn't a teacher. He says, I'm just a Texas preacher. <laughs> he is so, um, I, 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 he's very similar to Andrew Womack, who I listen to, to today a lot also. Well. Well, he, when I, I talked to him, you know, when he first started uh, taping all his sermons. Okay. He said, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, when I die, he says, uh, I'm going to have it all on tape through the Bible in five years. Mm-hmm. So when I die, it's going to re- continue until it reaches every person, you know. Yes. I mean, I, I haven't heard his broadcast lately, but um, I listened to his his um, broadcast for many, many years when I when I was driving back and forth from work. Yeah. He would be my one of my daily staples along with um, Woodrow Kroll and Chuck Swindoll and um, Tony Evans and some others. Um, Joyce John Myers. McCarthy. John McCarthy. Oh, I knew his dad well. Um, and um, Jack McCarthy. You knew Jack McCarthy? Oh, yeah. So tell me about Jack McCarthy since well, we're talking. Well, I just, just went to his church a couple of times because uh, it was convenient. Uh-huh. And I uh, got to know him. Uh, in fact, I was going to have him uh, marry me to my second wife. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, 
Somebody in his congregation talked him out of it, told him, well, I was divorced, and he shouldn't do that. Oh. He, he says, if a divorced man, he should go back to his wife, or at least you shouldn't be marrying him to someone else. So he didn't marry us. But I was married by, um, uh, oh, what's his, I, I, right now, his name's Rick Romine. I should remember, because he was my pastor when I was a kid. Wow. And then uh, he was in another church when I met my second wife, and we he married us. Uh, he, by that time, he was uh, he was running a school for uh, the Christian church mm-hmm. there in San Pedro, Los Angeles. That Later, he was doing that, but he had a church there at the time. You have a phenomenal memory. Just, well, I'm just my memory's on. not that good, and uh, the short-term memory is terrible. Uh, when I wrote my book, I didn't have time to sit around for two years writing. I just took it off the top of my head and what I could remember. Yeah, but people seem to think I did a good job on it. It's, well, I'll see when I get one, right? Yeah. Well, see, when I would uh, people, when people would ask me if I would give presentations to, at schools, mm-hmm. the middle schools, and I love. I taught Sunday school to the fifth graders, and I love that age because they're making decisions going to last the rest of her life. You know, right that age, where they ask quite good questions. Uh, so I did a lot of those as I run across the country, and and I just love talking to those kids, man. They caught up with the questions. Yeah, fifth graders are are I targeted that that group too, the middle schoolers, on the verge of going into middle school. That's one of the, I target them for. Um, I'm a scientist um, that loves the Lord, and um, I teach science education. Ernie, I want you to tell our listening audience how they can reach you and support your mission and um and if they want to get your book or a t-shirt or donate to the um to the ship or donate to sponsor you to run across the nation um can you give the audience that information please uh, the best way is just come run with me <laughs> and uh, uh i have had some book signing i had here at the mission barbecue mm-hmm. and uh uh, I can I carry I have books with me I have shirts I have I have uh, souvenir flags mm-hmm. and when people make uh, n- nice donations for sponsoring me I I give them I just give them what they want a book a shirt or a flag mm-hmm. and uh, that's the best way well the other way uh, of course some of my books are in some of the bookstores mm-hmm. uh, they told me they were there but I've never received any money from them so I don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> I know people have bought them from there but you never got they bought it from Amazon and so forth I never saw any of the money so I don't know bless their little hearts uh, but the, the other best way for people to come and run and meet me uh, just go to coast2coastruns.com that's C-O-A-S-T then the number two C-O-A-S-T-R-U-N-S dot com. There you can make donations. You can sponsor me. You can get a shirt. You can get um, a book. C-O-A-S-T, number two, Mm -hmm. C-O-A-S-T-R-U-N-S dot com. Okay. Coast to Coast Runs, R-U-N-S dot com. And through that website... You can do several things. You yep. can sponsor you. You can donate for, to um, get the ship ready to go to Normandy. You can get a book. You can get a T-shirt. And if you want to join you on your run, you can locate 
you, I guess. I, yeah, uh, I post uh, before and after every run on Facebook. Okay. So if you go to, uh, the best Facebook to go to is Ernest Andrus Facebook. Let's wrap this up. Just one second, okay? okay. And I'm going to, um, once again, I want to close this broadcast with Romans 10, 9. That is, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I want to say, everyone, thank you once again for joining me this day on 94.1 FM, Wave 94, Into the Glory Zone with Dr. Edith Davis. And thank you, Ernie. <laughs> and thank you, John. Um, for spending this time with our listening audience today. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for To be overcome by your presence